Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts. Tonight I am at our spoken word night at Silence Found a Tongue. Yay! In Waterloo, in South London. Yay! Exactly. And I am joined by Donald Chegwin. Hello, Donald. Hello. We're going to uh, start, as always, with a poem. Okay, this one is called Kingdom. Bow down to the king prawn. The king prawn is the royalty of the sea. Bow down, bow down. The plankton are the subjects of the king prawn and they bow down, they bow down. The king prawn invites carefully selected plankton to his palace for a feast and the king prawn eats the carefully selected plankton hands and feet the death vulnerable bow down bow down <laughs> The king prawn has 12 kilos of lady prawns delivered to his door each night and they bow down they bow down the king prawn wears pearl encrusted shell suits. The king prawn has daily caviar baths. The king prawn has 89 meals a day while the king prawn subjects starve. But bow down, bow down, don't forget to bow down. <laughs> the king prawn's enemies have caught the king prawn in a net. They've taken off his shell suit. They've made him undress. <laughs> Down with the king prawn, fuck the king prawn, we drown the king prawn in lemon juice. Time to tighten the noose, we throw one half of the king prawn in a barbecue, we throw one half of the king prawn in a stew. We laugh! <laughs> now there's a new king prawn. Bow down to the new king prawn. Bow down, bow down. Thank you. Hello, Donald. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, first question is always, uh, why poetry? Um, I think for me there's something I like about um, the kind of economical, precise nature of writing poetry, the way that you can uh, kind of create a, a narrative or a mood or a little world in just a few stanzas or a few pages. Um, I, mean, I kind of write a lot of like, short stories and flash fiction as well, but I don't know, there's a few more tools to play with with, with poetry, with the, with the rhythm um, and structure. And I mean, particularly performance poetry, you can kind of play around with the silences and um, tension and things like that. And the shouting. And, and the shouting as well. Do you, are your poems short, short stories? Well, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes there's probably like a blur between what's a, yeah. you know, what's, what you'd say is a flash, flash fiction or mm -hmm. short story and what would be a poem. Um, I don't know. I, but I also think performance poetry, there's so much you can do with it. There's so many different influences from, from hip-hop or comedy or from folk music and I just, I just love the fact that there's no rules kind of like in contrast to what we taught at school yeah how much time do you spend worrying about whether your poems suit or fit as poems do you, or do you not worry about that at all 
I don't think I do. I mean, I've got several poems that are basically just recipes. Um, so I don't know. I I kind of like. I, I Actually, like, could, we, could we cook something? For you could. I'm, I'm not saying I recommend it, <laughs> no, but no. Uh, <laughs> you could do. Um, but yeah, I mean, also I don't know. I find performance poetry there's something you can something very visceral about it, something cathartic that you can kind of channel channel emotions, and it's something very satisfying about that. Yeah. And for you. For me. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure about anyone else. Um, Sorry, that wasn't an accusation. <laughs> <laughs> Accuse away. Um, I mean, and also, um, it's not as, I don't know, it's not as, as, as lonely as kind of like writing a novel or something like that. You can go out and you can actually perform it in front of people and you can, I don't know, see how it goes down and get a reaction. And yeah, maybe we'll come on to the spoken word bit afterwards. Um, that's a good point. Um, what have been the main influences of your development as a writer or performer? And if they're the same, overlap what? Um, I mean, there's, there's kind of a couple of influences for me. Um, I mean, I, in my job, I write, I write about horror films a lot and exploitation films, and that, that's kind of been a big influence on me. Um, partly because a lot of the exploitation films of the 70s and 80s, they have this weird approach to narrative, particularly the, the, good, there's the good ones by um, Dario Argento and people like that, but also the terrible stuff like Troll 2 and Slugs um, and Night of the Bloody Apes and films like this. That Bloody Apes. It's, yeah, I mean, the titles are worth it alone. But they're kind of like it's... Um, then it's like a different approach to, to structure and, and, and narrative. And, and they're, kind of, they're kind of... You can laugh at them, they're funny, but they're also something very sinister about that. Yeah. Um, and also, the other thing I, I would say is kind of like childhood, my kind of not childhood nostalgia for me. Um, kind of like the the children's shows I used to watch and, as a kid. And again, there's kind of like a sense of wonderment um, and also being slightly terrified by things like um, Nightmare and Button Moon and Trapdoor and all these kind of shows. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, there's something terrifying about that. Mr. Spoon. I'm terrified now. I am. Um I wouldn't take that from them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't find those shows terrifying. No, no, I. No, oh, him. Oh, those lots. Fucking idiots. I mean, um, you have the mic. Don't, don't let them boss you around. If you're no a trapdoor, scared the shit out. Of me. Yeah, there we go. Thank yeah. you. Um, not button moon. No. <laughs> Do you have another poem, please, Donald? Okay. Um, This poem is called Egg City Blues. Four million eggs were poached in the city today. Four million eggs poached and six million prepped in other ways. Two million, e million eggs scrambled, two million eggs boiled, two million eggs hatched, cracked and coated in oil. Eggs in the city, eggs, eggs in the city. Today we eggs with friends, we eggs when on the subway, we eggs in our PJs, we eggs while sending text messages, egg yolk dribbling messily onto our phones. Imperfect eggs are crushed beneath our Jimmy Choo's. Lack of eggs is not an issue, not in our city, not today. A couple of kids throw eggs at the door of old man Joe. A couple of lovers dip toes in eggs like soldiers and lick each other's toes. Eggs tasted, eggs wasted, eggs devoured. To crack eggshells expose egg power. <laughs> yes, it's true. But don't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs because lack of eggs is not an issue, not in our city, not today. Yes, but what's beneath the egg? The whispery one asks us. What's beneath the egg? What's beneath the egg? 
Some days bodies are poached in the city, bodies mangled and twisted, scrambled and boiled like eggs, like eggs. Some days there are eggshells without eggs. Don't tread on the eggshells if you want to keep your legs, they tell the children. Behold the egg city inferno. Abandon all yolk gear you went here. <laughs> Some days eggs disappear like props in a conjurer's trick. On other days, the age of the egg seems mythic. But not today. Today, we enjoy eggs in the city. Eggs poached, scrambled, and coated in oil. Poems might be said to be a little surreal. Is this an oversimplistic view of what you write? Um, I think some some people kind of describe them as have described them to me as being surreal. And if someone asked me what my poems are like, I might say surreal as a kind of shortcut. But I don't know. I don't know. There's something for me anyway. There's something real about them as well. Like um, surreal suggests they they're they're they exist somewhere else, but I kind of like, uh, I don't know, I try and channel real emotion and real things that are going it, on. Uh, you made a point earlier about these sort of horror films and how they use humour to deal with quite scary things. It seems you use it, I'd say your humours may be surreal, but the points you're trying to cover up are quite real, aren't they? I mean, they're being crushed by egg men and stuff, or, being, or stepping on these egg people. I mean, there are real fears and emotions under, yeah. underneath the, yeah, I the think humour, so. isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm not mental, am I? <laughs> <laughs> am I? No, there are, there are real fears. I mean, I guess a lot of my, like my, my favourite authors are kind of people that are sometimes tagged as being surreal authors, like uh, Mikhail Bulgakov, who did Master Margarita, and Flann O'Brien, who did The Third Policeman, and they kind of walk this kind of borderline as well, like between kind of scary and sometimes funny, but you're never quite sure what's mm. supposed to be which. Um, if we move on to like the, the spoken word side of it as well, and your poems are very different when you read them on a page and when you perform them out loud. Uh, it, it takes on a, a new... Uh, it, there's a new edge to it when you're screaming about X, and then, you know, it adds something to... Um, also, I wanted to ask, where do you stand on this idea within spoken word there should be there's a need for truth in poetry. Yeah, I think there's always a need for truth, um, you know, whether it's a kind of like a confessional poem or a poem about, about eggs. I think, um, I don't know, I think you can still channel, channel some kind of like truth or some kind of real emotion. I think people can kind of uh, tell if it's, I don't know, if, it, if it's faked or not. But are you deliberately walking a path where you're, you're trying to keep in touch with some sort of reality when you're writing about eggs there? I mean, is it a conscious decision? No, no, definitely no, not. No, it's, no. Just, yeah. it's just the way it comes it's out, really. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Fair enough. And, but at the same time, you're not offering the same sort of truth that I'm maybe mentioning in that absolute sort of, we can see the whites of your eyes, so you must be telling us about your life and, not, you know. But I think, I don't know, I think... I don't know what a psychologist would say, but you know, maybe um, I think it does. There is something about it that's channeling something about me and something, yeah. something about my life. Maybe slightly disturbing. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it is. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I think they're they're all about my life in, in yeah. some ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a bit, in a little bit facetious, but I sort of I do agree. I mean, it's the reason I'm asking because I do feel that you do get a sense of who you are 
and that isn't necessarily making you out to be a psychopath either. I don't know. Like, <laughs> psychopath is quite a good description. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we should have a third and final poem. Okay. Okay, this one is called Waking of Insects. The windowsill is a graveyard for dead insects. Ants, flies, wasps, spiders, a lone beetle, all entombed in thick grey dust blankets. Until you return home, honey, I refuse to hoover up dead insects because only a dead insect truly understands how I feel. <laughs> Until you return home, honey, I shall dine on nothing but tin curries. And I'll always make two portions, one for you and one for me. And I'll keep on eating your portion until you return home. And honey, I imagine one of the first things you'll point out when you walk through the door is that the kitchen floor is flooded. I think a valve in the tap has probably snapped. You might notice that one of my old socks is lying stranded in the water. How I empathise with that sock, lost, lonely, separated from its partner, Socks come in pairs, honey. Socks come in pairs. <laughs> Breakfast. One tin curry for me, one tin curry for you. The bookshelf has collapsed and old charity shop books lie mangled together on the carpet like ingredients in a strange and unsuccessful recipe. The toilet won't flush. The front door won't shut properly. Burglars might burgle me. Murderers might murder me. Let them come! Ants roam in the honey jars. Let them roam, let them roam, I say, until the day you return home, and then I'll set the hoover on them, and I'll suck them up, and I'll laugh as they perish, or I'll scoop them up and put them outside without harming a single one of them. You choose, honey, you choose. <laughs> Lunch. One tin curry for me, one tin curry for you. You're still my princess, and there's your throne. No one shall be allowed to sit in your throne until you return home, honey. Not even my parents. Not even my grandmother. I'd rather make my grandmother sit on the floor than let her sit in your throne, honey, even though she's 84 and has bad knees. <laughs> Dinner. One tin curry for me, one tin curry for you. Until you return home, honey, I'll walk on all fours and I'll scream like a fox in mating season until the neighbours pound on my door and shout that they're going to call the police. But they're fucking lying. They won't call the police. They're cowards. <laughs> <laughs> until you return home, honey, I'll keep drinking every night. I'll keep waking up in graveyards and on doorsteps and in strange, unclean beds with no memory of how I got there and paranoia snacking on my senses. Until you return home, honey, I won't change my clothes, I won't mend my ways, I won't separate night from day, I'll speak in tongues, I'll refuse to clean, I'll listen to nothing but white noise, I'll watch nothing but static, I'll talk to the rats and the cockroaches about the old Steve Martin movies we used to watch together. <laughs> I've been eating tin curries for five years. <laughs> I'm expecting you back any day now. Um, final question. Uh, is there anything that you would recommend to people listening and in the, the audience today to go out and see and read and watch? It doesn't have to be poetry. It could be better. Um, Night of the Bloody Apes, of course. <laughs> and Troll 2 and Slugs. Um, and Lizard in a Woman's Skin is a good one. Let's scare Jessica to death. 
Um, also, um, one of my favourite poets that um, I kind of see her um, kind of like pop up once a year um, is someone called, do you know the Worm Lady? Um, she's amazing. Um, all her poems are about worms and uh, transcending into the universe and being reborn as a worm. And um, yeah, she's, but she hasn't got a website or she's not, she's not here, is she? She's not, not here, here, is she? She's not here, no. Okay. Yeah, you can't find out anything about it, so you just kind of, yeah. It's just she may be in the uh, cabbage patch outside. Okay. Um, and also, um, there's a novel called, it's, it's 10 years ago, 10 years old, so it's not that like cutting edge, but You're an Animal Viscovich by Alessandra Boffer, in which um, someone's reborn as an animal in each chapter, and he's kind of um, seeking out his true love in each chapter. Um, and all his friends are reborn as animals too. Um, so, yeah, they're my two animal theme recommendations. Um, thank you, Donald. Uh, give him a clap. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> um, thank you to Donald, thank you to Silence Final Tongue, thank you to Eclectic Art Lab and Edward, wherever he's gone. And, uh,